Great morning, folks, and thank you for listening to Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient, and this is self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they used their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you, because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. Good morning, good people. Again, it is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient. And we are sharing stories of phenomenal women, Black women, women of color throughout the country, their own in-depth stories, their businesses. This is a network of women who have come together to really build and to help leverage their work. Um, this episode's Specifically, it's in partnership with the HBCU Experience um, LLC, the HBCU Experience Movement, um, North Carolina A&T, the third edition. I have partnered with Dr. Ashley Little for over a year now, capturing the experiences of all 107 HBCUs is our actual goal. And so I'm really excited about the third edition that has come out um, and being able to talk to phenomenal women, phenomenal black women, phenomenal sorors, all of those great things, right? Um, so today I have with me Miss Brittany Dennis, born in New England State. Um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, born with blue and gold running in her veins, okay? She is one of a dozen <laughs> Aggies in her family to graduate and find love at North Carolina A&T, met and married her husband of nine years. She says the number one HBCU, you know, I'm a Southern University alumni, but I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll give it to you, Sora, since, you know, it's your interview, so we're focusing on you. Um, <laughs> but uh, Miss Dennis is a woman of many talents, graduated in the fall of 2011 with a Bachelor of Science in Elementary Education and later obtained her Master's in School Administration the spring of 2020. So, uh, Brittany, I will allow you to introduce yourself in your own words. Hello, welcome to Her Story. How are you? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always exciting to have a platform where you can empower other women of color, so I do appreciate you taking your time and allowing me to speak with you today. Um, as you mentioned, yes, like I am definitely a two-time double Aggie, um, and I do consider the number one HBCU in the world just because it's, it's very much near and dear to my family, uh, my husband. Yes, I did meet my husband um, at the Electric Blue and Gold. And uh, we are raising a future Aggie in the making. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I am currently an effectiveness coach in Guilford County, partnered with Guilford County Schools. Super excited to be here and definitely excited to just share my journey and um, the lasting impression the HBCU experience has left on me. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm, I'm happy and excited to hear your story as well and really excited, you know, when you speak to alum that has so much pride and tradition and legacy that actually runs within their family. So if you can, you know, just in your own words, just tell us about your HBCU experience. Yes, 
So I tell people that I feel like a lot of times my story is unique, but then often I, I find myself finding commonalities in others. So several of my family members went to a and My mother, ironically, started, um, but then later finished at Bowie, so HBC Pride. But I had several other uh, aunts and a host of uncles that always went there. So my first introduction to a and was actually through homecoming. And I remember as a kid just feeling like, College was almost mandated. It was like the 13th grade. So I always knew, like, I'm going to go to school. And um, I actually didn't apply to any other school other than a and <laughs> So when I finally got in, I was so excited because I just felt like, you know, I'm finally going to get a chance to leave my impression and, and make a lasting mark. And so what I think was very unique about my experience is that I went in blindly assuming that, like, oh, everyone here looks like me, so everyone here has the same experience. And I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions about HBCU. Um, But it was one of my, like, greatest misconceptions because A&T and other HBCUs are full of people that look like you but come from a very diverse black culture. And it wasn't until I actually went to college and realized all the black cultures here look very different. Um, And, I mean, it ranged from what our gifts were, a lot of our core values were the same, but I mean, just based on a religious basis, uh, basis we had like our Kojic and our Christian and our non-denominational, and we also had like our space players, but that people from the Midwest that were like, spaghetti is like a main dish, and other like spaghetti is a side, so you had like fun, <laughs> but also you had people that were like empowering you in ways that you didn't realize you needed to be empowered, like there were so many different people of color that I met there that were introducing me to professions I didn't realize, to talents that I was like, wow, you know, I didn't consider doing anything with certain talents that I had until I got to ANT and I was able to meet different people from different backgrounds that looked like me but had very much different unique talents to bring to the table. Um, so that, to me, that, that was like the pinnacle of like, at school, you just knew, like, I'm going to meet all these different people. They're going to pour into me. I'm going to be able to pour into them. And when we leave, I had, like, a little imprint of several black cultures instead of the one that I just showed up with. And definitely. And I think that's a uniqueness within attending HBCUs. There's always this false narrative that folks may assume before they actually step on campus and can experience it themselves. So, you know, I'm always a person to say that when you go to an HBCU, those four years, it's your own utopia, right? And the diversity within our own race, as you stated, is really great. It's a great experience because one, what does it really mean to be black in America? To be black in America can be someone who is of African-American descent, can be someone from Jamaica or the Caribbeans, can be the differences between someone on the West Coast to the East Coast of the country, as you stated. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's important that young kids, young adults, are made aware of this as well. Um, Because our entire lives, we're going to experience the realness of the world and what it brings. So why not share and accept the diversity that we can experience amongst ourselves within those four years or so while you're um, attending school and attending college. So again, when we talk about these different experiences, why is it so important for you specifically to share your very own story and what makes it relatable to other Black women? I think 
think it's really important for all stories to be shared. So not necessarily just mine. Every short story to me is important. And I think the reason I, I wanted to share mine, in this moment, I feel like HBCUs are getting a lot of attention that they so rightly deserve for many years. And I think for a long time, there was a misconception that if you went to an HBCU, you weren't being provided the same style or the same quality education as a PWI. So one of my, like, number one pet peeves that I tell people is, like, when I speak to an HBCU or about an HBCU, I always tell people, like, I received a quality education. Like, we, I tell people, yes, we socialize hard. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, but we studied even harder. And, again, um, I'm glad you brought up the Caribbean because shout out to my husband from Jamaica. Every okay. Every single culture. <laughs> was, yeah, shout out to the island. I got her story, but it's about him in that moment. Just wanted to plug that. Definitely from an island, first-generation brat himself. And so there was just, just this misconception of like, oh, you know, you're going to HBCU. It's a party school. You're not going to be able to learn anything new because everyone there looks like you and you guys have the same values. But that was, again, a, a wild misconception because there were people there with a wealth of knowledge that I couldn't even fathomably put in my mind, let alone, like, think in one's brain. And so I think it's important for people to understand there are quality professors, there is quality instruction, and there's a unified, like, unit, a cohort of students that are moving together because as much as we had our backs together socially and it was like, you know, I'm going to make sure that you don't miss anything. It was that same energy toward our scholastic studies. Like, it was very much like, listen, this is how I studied at home. This is what I can bring. Like, our partner work, a lot of people joke about it, but those were some of my best experience being like, okay, are you my typer? Because I, I can speak. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring the articulate part. So it was very much um, an experience for you to, like I said, building each other's strengths, but also share and make sure people know, like, there are strong, <laughs> overqualified people that are coming out of HBCUs, and that was important for me to share. And then the second point that I thought was equally important is that the ability to travel and learn about, again, different black cultures came from HBCU because I was able to go home with people for some of the holidays, and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize it, what Aggies looked like this. I didn't know that different cultures and different things that happen in the D&B Aggies. And I, I learned very quick, quickly that it's not Raleigh Durham. It's just Raleigh and then, like, Bull City. So there were so many different um, types of, of people there that I was able to learn from, from life experiences and scholastics. And I think that's important that that's promoted constantly because there's a lot of quality and, again, overqualified alumni coming out of HBCUs. Definitely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think the most important thing about that, about attending an HBCU is the enrichment around um, family, right? Um, about holding each other and holding each other down. So even when you think about the different professors, I just saw this meme earlier today, um, the differences in between attending a, a PWI, you know, that professor might just tell you, you know what, like you just failed this exam and there's not much I can do to help you. With an HBCU, you will get that personal phone call, that personal tap on the shoulder. You know what? You may not be doing well in my class, 
come talk to me. Let's see what we can work on. Let's discuss your barriers. So I'm very appreciative of that as well. And those, the type of relationships that you form with your family, with your friends, with your professors, those are things that are transgenerational and that you hold on to. Um, and so I think that's very important when we talk about success, when you talk about your village, when you talk about folks who are there, when you may be faced with different barriers and different things that you may not be able to even connect with someone who doesn't come from the same um, quote unquote background as you or may not look like you, but you're able to really be down to earth and share these different experiences with professors and they're very open and receptive and willing to help you. Uh, so I'm, you know, I, I definitely appreciate that connection when I think about that experience overall with HBCUs. And even when we talk about, you know, the social life and the social component, there's no other um, as it relates to the tradition. And I hate that at times there is this narrative, oh, you going to an HBCU or, you know, are you going to Southern University? They love to party. I down the street at LSU who party more than them you know <laughs> like <laughs> we 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 partied but it, it was a difference right it was connected to tradition it was connected to the football team and and the band right it was connected to homecoming it was a, an overall experience so when we talk about even bands and that HBCU experience and the importance of the band can you just tell me a little about when you attended North Carolina Carolina A and T and that band experience. So um, the Blue and Steel uh, marching machine, first of all, is undefeated. <laughs> like, like I said, like I've been a, um, a Aggie for years, so um, there is no other. But it, it like you said, it definitely um, is one of those times where you have to live it to, to understand it. It's one of those things where when you go to a game first hear like the cymbals and those horns and I mean like it's pulsing through your entire body it's something that's unimaginable and it, and I tell people like I, I I often joke and tell people like I wish I could bottle up this experience and sell it because it's genuinely that memorable but it also gives you that there's something familiar about that feeling because although you're sometimes in in those stadiums surrounded by people that it's like I didn't grow up with these people there's this unequivocal message of unity that like we're all here for the greater good of each other like everyone here is here because we really love our culture but also we want to be better and I think that band just adds to our experience because the best thing about them is they are always going to give you somehow a throwback of something that everybody can relate to like I distinctly remember my sophomore year they did a small sample of like Earth, Wind, and Fire and mixed it with like a little bit of current. But there was something super phenomenal about the fact that I feel like everyone in the stadium knew that song. And I just remember looking over my shoulder like, so all of our parents played this growing up. <laughs> and it was just, again, like that moment of like, this is why we're here. Like this, these are moments that, you you know, you can't buy this. Like it, this is just an organic like moment of unity. And so... Um, I appreciate the fact that I get to, and I'm honored the fact that I got to live so many of those because the band, as you cheer, um, I like our, our athletes, win or lose, you know, like there's just this pride that you have. And so it's definitely something memorable and definitely something that, again, keeps us united. 
Yes, the the band is definitely the heartbeat or or, or the drum, no no pun intended, of you know <laughs> on the yard of the campus. I think will that definitely holds us all together. Um, so you know what what are you doing now? You know, as we we talk about the HBCU experience, the college experience, and all of the the great things that came out of that. What are you currently into? So right now, I have a couple of things going on. Um, I am actually serving as an effectiveness coach, and I'm a teacher consultant as well. So I am partnered with Guilford County Schools, but I ironically coach instructional coaches, which has been a dream of mine for some time. And once again, bringing it back to my HBCU experience, I um, matriculated right out of um, undergrad, and several of my professors asked me when I graduated in the fall of 2011 to go back and get my master's degree. And being stubborn, I was like, no, I'm going to teach for a while and go back later. Well, they reached back out and they told me, you know, it's time for you to move on. Um, You know, you're doing great things in the the teaching uh, field. And so one of my favorite professors, uh, she reached out to me and she said, look, the time is now. I have found a partial grant because that is the IUA. They look out for each other. And she said, you know, you can get your admin and um, your degree in administration. And I thought to myself, can I be an administrator? Like, is that something I want to do? And so she asked me then, like, haven't you always wanted to impact teachers and help them improve their practice? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, can you do that in the classroom only teaching students? And so that was my driving force to go back to school and say, okay, you know what? Maybe this master's administration would not be a bad thing. So... I am a COVID grad. Um, I did graduate with my master's administration in 2020. Um, so double Aggie there. And shortly after, I was offered two positions, ironically. I was offered an assistant principal position in my county, and I was offered an effectiveness coach position. And once again, I leaned on some former Aggie uh, mentors, and they said to me, why take a job where you can impact one school when you can be an effectiveness coach, which is the role I'm in now, and you can impact 14 schools. And um, I remember being so nervous, and I was like, how oh, can I do it? And and they, they like, Aggie way. I mean, 100% had my back and was like, yes, like, Aggie do, so you will. And so I'm currently serving 14 schools in the Guilford County area um, where I help teachers improve their practice with uh, reading literacy, and I'm loving it. Like, loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, so definitely something that I've always wanted to do. Never saw myself um, taking on a challenge like this, but I definitely contribute all of my success to my HBCU experience because they for sure led the way, mentored me, and even called me and followed up years after my graduation to make sure I was being the best alumni I could be. Yes, love it, love it. And it's clear that being a HBCU alumna, right? You are still able to break barriers. You are still able to make history. You are still able to have doors and doors of opportunity and make a a grave impact. And so I really saying that to make that clear, again, the, the false notion, the false narrative of you being, not having a, a full, um, 
opportunity as it relates to education and things like that, it's definitely false. We are constantly making history throughout the country. Like literally the second in command of this nation is an HBCU grad and our song. So, you know, there is nothing that we can accomplish as black women. There's nothing that we can accomplish as HBCU grads. And I definitely encourage anyone who is thinking about furthering their education do it, right? And as you said, being a HBCU grad, you will have that village, you will have mentors who are there to support, to encourage, and to push you along the way. And as you talk about having that experience with mentors, what is your involvement with North Carolina A&T State University currently? So I am partnered with, um, I'm so glad you asked me this because it, it makes, it reminds me of a story that it kind of led to this moment. So I'm going to, so I'm partnered with the student chapter. Um, they're called SNNCAE. So I'm also a part of a teacher association. It's the largest teacher association in North Carolina. So NCAE, which is North Carolina Association for Educators, um, has a student chapter at ANT. And I have actually led a couple of workshops just to help rising educators, better their practice, get ready for interviews and things of that such, and also as a way to recruit educators of color, because right now in North Carolina, 80% of the educators are white female. And so it's near and dear to me to make sure that we promote and recruit as many educators of color as possible. So that is some of the work that I'm doing with um, the student chapter and have partnered with them on different occasions. However, it reminds me of another um, major experience that is directly connected to my HBC experience. So I came to A&T in 2007, and I'm historically not good with years, but this one was such a memorable experience I'll never forget. So in 2008, when Barack Obama was elected in his first term, um, there was this surge of energy um, when, cause I remember he was announced before midnight and we were sitting in our dorms and we were on the edge of our seats. Um, and this was like free where social media was like super, super big. So this is like, even before group meet, nothing's planned. It's just like, everyone's watching the results. And the second it flashes across the screen that he's like, officially now the president, um, I, I'm certain like we missed all of like his speech. It's, it's like, I don't even know that we saw the confetti. Because the second he was announced, everyone burst out of their room. Um, I remember there was like a deafening roar of excitement that like shattered the halls. We went outside. There was a small drizzle. We're hugging in the rain. We're screaming. We're in the fountain. There's whistles. People are up and down the strip, um, honking their horns. I mean, like this feeling like it's till this day gives me chills. And so from that moment, I remember I had a couple of amazing, strong women of color that said to me, I'm so proud of the work I've done with canvassing. I feel like I really played a role in, in, in this election. And I said to them then, like, how can I be a part of this work? Like, what, what is, what is canvassing? Like, what, well, you know, like, I know we all voted, but like, how, how can I be a part of this work? And so they went, gave me a couple of trainings. I did a, a couple of phone banks. The next thing I know, I'm, I'm deep into policy, right? So fast forward, I, graduate, join my local teacher association, and help lead the first historic walkout in North Carolina for teachers. And um, I was able to be interviewed, and we actually closed 58 counties out of 100 
in North Carolina to advocate for public schools. And so the second um, time around when Obama, I think, was campaigning for Hillary, um, because of my advocacy and work, we got to, like, have front row seats. And so I remember being so excited and so appreciative of the women way back in my undergrad experience that had told me what that work was because it was very much something that I guess I had always heard and, and, and saw but never was a part of. So I did want to share that, like, that was something, again, that was, like, I'm so glad I met all these black people from different cultures because that was one of my most memorable experiences. And, again, it's connected to HBC experience and networking. So um, definitely amazing there. Yes, definitely amazing. And uh, ironically, that is what I um, focus in focus on throughout my professional career. So I do a lot of statewide advocacy campaigns and policy. And so, you know, canvassing, phone banking, texting, um, you know, in 2019, um, uh, we made history where we contacted, you know, 1.3 million folks throughout the state of Louisiana through phone banking, texting, wow. and canvassing. We're able to increase the black voter turnout to 58% across the state. And, you know, but saying that to say uh, black women doing amazing things and connecting and building network and, you know, just building positive change all around. So I love that again. So Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your story and being a part of this. If, if anyone is interested in reaching out to you, how can they find you on social media? What are some of your platforms? So I can definitely be followed on Instagram at Be Never Fail. And I'm also on Facebook as Brittany Dennis. And then I tell people, like, I love throwing out my email because my email is almost like another way to text me because it's on my phone. So um, an email that's almost like via text would be Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L, the number three, at gmail.com. And I'm also on Twitter at N-C-T-C-H underscore M-E. Love it. So there you have it, folks. Miss Brittany Dennis, please go out and get a copy of the North Carolina A&T State University third edition of the HBCU Experience Movement available on Amazon.com, available on the HBCU Experience Movement.com. Brittany, thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. And listeners, if you are inspired or motivated in any way, tell a friend to tell a friend and listen to her story podcast weekly every Wednesday on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. And follow us on Instagram at herstory underscore podcast or Facebook, Her Story Podcast. And again, it's Jay Jameson and we're out.